Okay, it looks like we got the gameplay going. Uh, okay, guys, let's uh, start this sucker up. Happy Sunday, everyone, and welcome to tonight's offerings for the Xbox Roundtable podcast. This is show number 232, the place for Xbox talk and more on Sunday nights. You know how it is. Naturally, this is your host, Invader, and I am happy to see you all here with us this evening. Tonight, we plan to go over... Xbox still seemingly doing well in Japan. Is this because of other factors? Well, we will dive into that. As well, AMD has announced its uh, latest update for Fidelity FX, and I believe it's available now for the Xbox uh, Series consoles dev kits. How will this impact the Xbox dev kits? Well, again, we'll touch on that later, as well as some 343 industry news. But first, let me introduce everybody on tonight's panel. Starting off with Tim Dog, buddy, how you been? Been good. Been a, been a crazy couple of weeks. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. It's going to be a fun show. Happy to be here. Uh, I had Father's Day last week, and then the week before that, I had my uh, daughter Sweet Sixteen. Just been, uh, you know, uh, been pretty crazy, pretty hectic, but uh, good to get back in here. And uh, we'll be discussing Xbox among other things, and uh, have a good show. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed, buddy, indeed. Moving on down here to Crusader. Hey, it's uh, great to have you back with us uh, this week. How you been, buddy? I'm good. I'm feeling a lot better. I had some throat issues, but I'm I'm back now. Um, yeah, you know, I've finally played Cyberpunk, and it was okay. Uh, I had a lot of bugs, but I had a good time as well. And I I've been playing uh, Little Nightmares today, so I've been having a good time with that. All right, all right. That's good to hear. You got some gaming in there, and uh, how is um, Cyberpunk these days? I mean, I, I've had it since the launch, but uh, is it still is it worth uh, popping in again? Um, I don't know. I I thought it was okay. the The world was really cool, but I mean, I had one bug where like I was going to fight or to like challenge this NPC to like a uh, like a boxing match essentially. And he would just slowly slide off the front of his car until he was face down on the ground, and I literally couldn't continue the conversation chain. That happened uh, three times. I had to reload my save in order to get him to not do that. So, you know, it's still kind of a buggy mess. Um, probably the second most buggy game I've ever played. Uh, the buggiest being Assassin's Creed Revelations in the uh, uh, Ezio collection. Oh, wow. Hmm. Um, yeah, that game has a lot of crash issues. Uh, but yeah, um, I, I enjoyed it. It, it's from talking to my friends, it's significantly better from launch. Uh, but it probably is still in a state where I would say it shouldn't have released. Mm. All right. Yeah. I'll have to check it out for myself, but, uh, that's not very encouraging <laughs> from the sounds of things. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, oh boy. Oh boy. Um, Good to know, though. Good to know. Uh, definitely, guys in the chat, let me know what uh, your guys' thoughts are on Cyberpunk, if you've been uh, testing it out lately. Uh, moving on down the list here, Eric Shockley, buddy. Uh, how, is, how are uh, things on your end? Uh, pretty good. I've uh, just been enjoying this uh, Sonic Origins collection. It's pretty dope. Uh, a lot of the games... I played a lot of uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 as a kid um, when I got my Genesis, so I hadn't played much of the others um so it's definitely uh cool to get back into those um enjoying sonic cd which a lot of people 
tend to hate out of those four. <laughs> uh, but it does have this cool like uh, time travel mechanic where basically you can uh, basically go to the past. Like whenever you're in a new stage, you can go to the past and then destroy all the generators that make like all the enemies and then you can go back to the present and then even towards the uh you can go to the future all in this level and you can see like if you destroyed all that stuff then the enemies are kind of gone um and then when you get to the final like stage with the boss you'll have an easy time because you went back and like killed all those enemies in the past so there's like the cool mechanic is kind of different than the other three but uh join my time with the uh, sonic origin so far so hmm all right, yeah, I did see you comment about that, uh, I think it was a, a couple of days ago. All right, that's that's interesting, that's interesting. Um, I guess uh, you're not interested in Sonic Frontiers at all <laughs> coming up? Uh, I haven't been interested in uh, 3D Sonic since, like, Adventure 2, but, I mean, if, if they can make a good 3D Sonic, which that's tended <laughs> after Sonic Adventure 2, that tends to be uh, not so easy. That whole jump to uh, 3D is not the easiest, uh, for at least for Sonic, um, like it is, like I guess Mario. But mm -hmm. we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully it's good. But mm -hmm. agreed. I mean, I'll admit I am kind of interested in the in the game, but at the same time, you know, there are a few complaints there that I think you know some people are right to address. So we'll have to see over time how uh, you know that one shapes up. But, uh, yeah, um, that's awesome that, you know, you've been having, uh, you know, some awesome uh, Sonic playing time. Moving on down here, Centurion Pal, how are you? What's up, guys? It is Sunday, and it is time to have some fun. I've uh, been doing my ESO thing and dabbling in Devil May Cry. Nice, nice. How's uh, Devil May Cry playing these days? Which, uh, which Devil May Cry, the first one or what? The first one on the HD collection. I'll be truthful, I, I don't have very much of a background in Devil May Cry, so I'm going to do it right, and I'm going to start on the first game, and I'm going to get my way to the final one, slowly over time. I know it's a lot of games, but uh, I'm having fun so far. I'm getting used to the, the concept of just mashing buttons until the thing dies. Mm. So you've never played 5? No. Oh, dude, you're missing out. That's a oh, all right. I mean, it's well, a great. I'm glad I held out on for the the special edition with the upgraded frame rates and all the other stuff. That's the one I got, so that's where I'm looking forward to. Uh, I am look. I want to play the game because I'm interested in the story. Uh, from what I've heard, like from like people like Shockley talk about it and other Devil May Cry fans, I I'm wanting to to know more about the story for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, was that in your backlog as well? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I should thought. definitely check out. Four, four is pretty good. Well, that also give you like the Nero story. Mm -hmm. See, yeah. I know there's like Nero, Dante. There's like all like it's all over the place. The only one I knew was Dante, and like that's when Shockley educated me into like now that there's mo like different dimensions and multiple characters at this point. And I was like, I really got to check this story out. Mm -hmm. Well, hey, it's worth it. Um, I played the original, and the HD collection seems like uh, a really good uh, collection of everything Devil May Cry. I don't think you'll be disappointed, pal, and uh, hey, there's a lot to play there, so uh, I think you'll have a really good time, and I think the guys in the chat would agree with me on that one. 
Uh, Alright, so MLD will be running a little bit late, but don't worry guys, he'll be here. Uh, just give him a few minutes. And everybody, remember to slam that like button and share this out across social media, because we want to get as many wonderful people in here as possible. Okay guys, uh, with that out of the way, let's kick things into gear now, and uh, go into the first topic. And it looks like Xbox is having another successful month of sales in Japan. According to a report from Famitsu, Xbox Series X sold 3,200, well, nearly 3,300 units, while the Series S, a respectable uh, 3,423, outselling the PlayStation 5 again. But it's still relatively close, I would say. Um, Tim, buddy, I'll uh, start off with you here. Uh, what do you think about these latest sales numbers from Japan? Are these indicating strength from Xbox? Or are these just stock shortages, just like kind of crippling PlayStation at this time? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, if you take away PlayStation and you look at the numbers alone, uh, and considering that there is um, also stock limitations in Japan, um, Xbox is doing marketably better than it was last generation. And one of the big reasons for that is uh, the size of, size of uh, Xbox Series S. So I think the way you look at Japan is uh, very positive because they're showing, uh, you know, increased, uh, increased interest and... Um, you know, there's no denying that Sony has a shortage issue not only in Japan but uh, worldwide, uh, and that's due to a couple of things. Some of the things probably not discussed are the reasons why they're in this predicament um, because Sony would have to come clean with it, you know, how their yields were, that type of stuff. But one of the things that Xbox did brilliantly this generation is that they had the Series S, and the Series X, and both those systems um, allocate a certain amount of uh, silicon, or let's say material in layman's terms. And for them to have the ability to, you know, focus on the Series S, which is selling and meeting demand, and even still selling out, uh, it gives them an advantage to kind of manipulate their material or silicon where Sony can't do the same. So uh, this has kind of put a position, Sony in a position that, you know, they're going to have three of their AAAs hit this year. God of War, I'm assuming, is going to hit in um, September or November. Uh, last I heard it was November. Um, so let's say that hits, hits November. Uh, they had Horizon, GT7, and uh, God of War, and... They're probably going to lose share this year because this shortage situation, supply line situation, um, from last I heard was it's mid-2023, and uh, it could go further than that. Uh, this has been a boon for Xbox for the fact that, uh, as we all know, 2022 is going to be probably their first year without a AAA uh game offering to the to 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 xbox gamers um and uh or exclusive uh there's gonna be no forza there's gonna be no um starfield redfall uh as we all discussed and the thing is is that they're still selling because of game pass 
and then and they're hitting demand and you know sometimes exceeding demand where they're still selling out even the series s you know you can't always go to you, you can get it but the series x is still very hard to get um but the series s you can get but still these things are selling out um so it kind of it's kind of worked itself in the, in the way that uh xbox really is benefiting the most because you're gonna have a year where sony had three triple a's and outclass xbox really badly in 22 uh in games uh, especially triple a uh, exclusives and they might lose share year long as long as this supply line thing goes and this um this issue that they're having with shortages um it's this going to benefit xbox because of what i just detailed and the, the thing is is that let's say mid or let's say 2023 it starts to open up where you can well you get uh, an xbox and a playstation at at will and you go to the store and get it what's going to happen then is, is then xbox is going to be uh, avalanche with games from Redfall, Starfield, Diablo, Activision deal, Forza, and everything is going to hit in place. And um, they're going to sell like hotcakes do that. So uh, it's just played into Xbox's hands. A lot of the stuff is luck. Um, but, you know, you also have to give Xbox uh, uh, a lot of... Um, you know, props that they're they're on top of their stuff. They're on top of their their supply. They've been they've been better at it than Sony has been, especially in the last year. And um, you know, they're the only console that's selling over what they were selling over year over year. Uh, everyone else is down. Nintendo's down year over year, and as is, is Sony and Xbox is gaining share, and then. Uh, you know, topple that with this is going to be a year that they didn't really have much. It's, it's very impressive for them. And um, I think when they start to, you know, when when those games start coming, that's going to, you know, facilitate them even more where they're going to sell because of those games. So this generation is looking like it's uh, it's been pure luck, but a lot of it was strategic. Right. And, um, you know, Xbox done a great job here, and you, and you have to give Phil and his team, uh, you know, Phil particular, because I know that he there were some people that wanted the one skew, uh, one skew and didn't want two, but the two skew thing worked like a charm. And, you know, uh, if we're going to be fair and we're going to be critical of things all over, you got to give them a lot of props for this because like i said they're winning in japan it says a lot yeah i mean you look at their initiatives too i mean while it does suck for sony that obviously you know the chip shortages and whatnot and xbox does seem to have a chip priority that they paid for judging from reports a month back months back uh they are taking japan and asia more seriously now uh obviously with their uh they've created uh like studios to outreach uh, for Japanese content and creators and studios. They've, uh, with the Bethesda Zenimax deal, they acquired Tango Games, so they do have a Japanese studio finally. Their partnership with Sega, I think, really, really uh, talks a lot about their growing commitment to 
uh, Japanese content. As well, I mean, again, if you go to back a few weeks ago to the uh, Kojima exclusive game announcement, you know, they're they're getting big Japanese creators as well. And while, I mean, again, Sony is uh, kind of stuck at the moment with the shortages, I mean, Xbox is still kind of, you know, they Xbox does have some short shortages themselves. At the same time, they are doing things and they are being more aggressive and being a little more serious as well. And then you look at their xCloud initiatives as well. I mean, that's... Uh, that seems to be doing fairly well in the Asian markets. Uh, moving over to Eric Shockley. Buddy, I mean, I would love to know your thoughts on this. Uh, Xbox does seem to be doing well, but at the same time, you know, Sony is kind of uh, stuck here. Like, what do you think of these numbers coming out of Japan right now? Um, yeah, I mean, Xbox is just, you know, obviously taking advantage of the situation. Um, both of them are getting kind of, from what I've seen destroyed by Nintendo still, because um, they have the handheld, they have that market unlock and what that market wants. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's the Sony's definitely has the uh, better numbers, but I mean, for what Xbox's past has been, like these are pretty good, especially compared to like their last console. So it's definitely promising. Uh, and I think they definitely have um captured at least somewhat of an interest uh with their uh one or with the your uh, series s console with it being the small form factor um because a lot of times the houses there they don't have or a lot of like housing there they you know they're not going to have a ton of space so people are looking for like minimalistic um you know next gen consoles and now that you know you'll have a lot more uh jrpgs that might even entice more people to play like oh, okay i can actually find you know maybe a series s there they you know ps5s obviously are still going to be hard to to find there or anywhere else um so oh, okay cool i can you know play these you know persona 3 and 4 coming to like a console um other than like the ps2 or more of a modern console i can get you know the one s or the uh, series s and play it there um so, I mean, and, and that wasn't announced for the Switch. So that's kind of a good thing for them because, hey, you can pick up this $300 console and get all these Persona games that are coming. So far, haven't been announced for the Switch. So, you know, that kind of at least at least gives them a, a kind of entry point there. You know, something that at least the, the Switch that's dominating doesn't have. Plus, you have all the other newer JRPGs that aren't going to ever touch the Switch. Um, mm. So I think it's just a, um, a good form factor and you can play some of the new team ninja games um for cheap and you can you know find it on the actually you can actually find the console so it's i definitely it's a mix of both but um they were definitely smart versus like sure and the the digital version of the ps5 looks you know it's great for me as a consumer i got a hold of one so i got you know a ps5 for for four hundred dollars less um but you can see a lot of times you'll look at those numbers and the I think the PS5 digital is even lower than the any of the Xboxes, I'm uh, pretty sure. Or they're, they're um, pretty low numbers. It's like a completely yeah. small percentage of their actual sales. So they people can't even get really their hands on that. So. Yeah, not to interrupt, but they've never really no, intended to wholesale sell that. 
yeah like they're like it's, it's good for the consumer but they're not able to produce them any faster and they're not really even it doesn't even seem like they're even trying to produce they're not even doesn't even look like they're trying to like even split like hey half of them will be digital or even a, a quarter of them will be digital and the rest will be physical it doesn't really look like that but <laughs> at least on the japan numbers um whereas xbox was smart because they can actually um produce more of the series s that's you know definitely helping their numbers so yeah the the series s numbers i mean while they are close to the series x i mean they're still above the x so you know that discless console seems to be uh doing really well in japan so far anyways right so no i mean no i you know a lot of people i i remember people mocking the uh, series s and it's turning out to be a very strong console for xbox right now not just in japan but across the world so kudos to them yeah, people forget how like people were playing uh you know the Look, just remember how bad the, the consoles were coming in the last gen. A lot of casuals didn't care that they were playing. A lot of times the games on PS4 weren't hitting 1080p either. Um, people didn't really care. So, And they're paying, playing the games all at like 30 frames per second. Where Series S is coming in usually at 1080p, sometimes 1440. And you're getting usually a, at least to get to play at the games at 60 frames where you mostly third-party games you you're playing them even first-party games on the ps4 you're playing them at 30 frames per second so i mean there's definitely some advantages this has that the other consoles didn't have at the beginning of last gen so it's actually kind of a bump up in performance and what it offers plus you know you get the ssd so all right all right no that's well said eric uh centurion i would love to know uh your thoughts on this I mean, obviously, you know, in the grand scheme of things, like, again, I'm not a sales guy per se, right? I just want to see the consoles do well. However, I mean, these are encouraging numbers, like, on the Xbox front. Uh, what are your thoughts on, like, again, these numbers coming out from uh, Japan? Um, I'm with Tim Dog. It's a little bit of both. Um, it's good news for Xbox that they're that there are that they are starting to develop value for the console over there they're developing a demand people actually do want to buy them i don't you know everybody's like oh they're just buying it because nothing's available well um people don't buy things that they that they don't see value in um so there's obviously there's a demand over there because there is a certain consumer over there that sees value in the Xbox ecosystem, especially with the offerings that Xbox is starting to come out with, with Game Pass, xCloud, game streaming, all the other stuff in between. I just had um, a guy come to my job the other day, an old friend of mine, and he was excited that him and his son just got an Xbox One X that they bought at GameStop used. And um, even he knows the potential of even an Xbox One X because of the X Cloud infrastructure that he's not going to be cut off from next generation games because of something that Microsoft has been wanting to implement and prepare for for a while. And it's interesting we end up bringing up the concept of preparing. Um, in acting, in business, whatever you do, there's this phrase, failure to prepare is preparing to fail. And everybody wants to knock the situation like when you read these articles we're not saying xbox is doing good we're just saying that playstation can't fit the demand that they're that that people want them right well that well that means playstation fucked up i'm sorry they they failed to prepare 
themselves. They got comfortable in their little throne, and they're like, ah, it's, nothing's going to happen. Microsoft went out and forked out a bill potentially for chip priority. They designed two consoles, one that required a significant must, less silicon. And also, um, like the funny part is we brought up the whole 399 thing with uh, the digital edition of uh, the PlayStation. I love how Tim Dodd said that they didn't even have any intent of like mass producing that thing because it's nothing more than a gimmick. We all know that PlayStation loves slapping gimmicks on the side of a box. They loved slapping the word PlayStation exclusive on Red Dead Redemption 2 in the fine print. Oh, it's a little it's a little hat. Same here. They just wanted to have the gimmick of when they throw an advertisement on the television, GameStop, Best Buy, wherever that stupid poster is, starting at $3.99, if you can find it. You know, um, that's where the, it's it's total Sony tactics. Um, I actually see through marketing like that. Um, I'm in charge of a little bit of marketing at my job, and I actually choose not to have tactics like that because um, it makes the consumer feel a certain way. Um, I actually deal with products where just recently a consumer came in to buy a product from me and the advert and the and the manufacturer of the product gave him an advertisement that was completely misleading and he thought he was getting something totally different. And you actually saw the, the customer feel a certain way about that. And you know what? The, I don't want to be associated with making people feel a certain way. Um, I think it's great that Microsoft is starting to um, kind of break down barriers. Uh, there's value seen for the Xbox ecosystem. People are starting to want to embrace the things that Xbox is putting out. And I feel that a lot of preparing time, blood, sweat, and tears from Phil Spencer and everybody else over at Microsoft is starting to finally pay off. And Sony has realized that they got way too complacent and that it's time to basically start um, kind of, trying i hate to use the word compete because we know playstation can actually compete but it just feels like they're just kind of like on cruise control right now they just really had this idea that microsoft could never catch up and we're starting to see the exact opposite that microsoft is coming out swinging and that they are totally prepared for a new future in gaming that sony seems like oh crap we forgot to prepare for this uh, let's hurry up, charge our subscription service. Let's start getting better at game streaming. It, it, now it seems like the roles have reversed. It seems like Sony has a few things to catch up on now. Well, I mean, to be fair to Sony, like they are still leading in the sales. I mean, in comparison to like Xbox and PlayStation as of right now, but Xbox. Well, you're never seem... going to dethrone yeah. mm -hmm. the king right away, but it's that whole thing. Like when you siege a castle, you don't just walk up and knock the front door off the hinges the first shot. No, you got like, you know, if you're sieging a kingdom, sometimes if you look at historical events, sieges would last months and months and months. We all know that Microsoft has set themselves up right for the slow game. That is exactly why they implemented Game Pass, because they didn't want that wham-bam, oh, yeah, we got that instant gratification of selling exclusives and seeing X amount of million dollars in a, in, in a short period of time. Microsoft wanted that slow drip effect. They wanted to have a slow, steady income of content, money, and resources, and it's basically starting to pay in their favor that Microsoft can slowly chip away at everything that Sony has built, and it's just going to just totally 
wear on them over time. And I'm very curious on how Sony is going to participate in the long game um, when it comes to competing with Xbox. All right. Well said. I, I like your thoughts on that, Centurion. Um, oh, we got a super chat from uh, Carlos Alvarado for one ninety nine. Thank you very much, Carlos, for that. Very generous. Uh, Xbox uh, Xbox Series X is doing great, even without first party dropping. Hey, I agree with you. I mean, actually, to be, uh, I'm kind of surprised to see how well they're doing, and that's, that's a good thing. Uh, I'm assuming, like, again, the uh, con having the consoles more widely available is a big factor as well. Game Pass. Game Pass is uh, a pretty wonderful service as well. So. Just so you know, their numbers for um, E3 or the, the game show, uh, they did better this year. Uh, than they did last year and a lot of people said last year was the greatest show or one of the best shows ever and a lot of people were a little down on this year because of the 12 months but the traction that they've gotten and uh, i heard this firsthand that uh they did really good exceptionally it sounds still like crazy still being sold out um you know they're they're meeting they're meeting the demand but they're barely meeting it and there is a demand they're out selling the same time they're selling more than they were the 360. And if you remember now, and the 360 really started to start to sell like crazy. Um, and the same amount of time they're out selling that period. Uh, you know, the, 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 when they talked about this generation two to one and three to one, there were legitimate people that were saying that. There were industry analysts that were, were saying that. Uh, I think those days are over. I do think Sony will edge out Xbox, but you might get something like, you know, 110 to 90 or something like that. Uh, it's not going to be um, two to one. It's going to be more or less uh, competitive. And uh, it's from where Xbox was to where they are now, it is a huge turnaround. And, uh, you know, uh, you, you, you've heard so many people say that, that Xbox was going to go by the wayside last generation. I remember... Um, you know, people saying that they were going to go third party. I remember, you know, uh, people saying that they can't compete with Sony. And now those same people, uh, especially uh, one of them, was saying that they have Monopoly on their hands because of Game Pass and Activision deal. So uh, things have changed drastically. And um, for them to get out of this year and to gain share is absolutely crazy because once this hits and Activision gets done and these games hit, you're never going to have a drought like this ever again because it's just it's just not going to happen. You have 32 studios, you know, um, now fully making games. Uh, and uh, you're more or less going to get uh, four games a year or five AAAs a year. And, uh, you know, um, that's stuff that they talked about. They meant it. It's just things didn't hit at particular times. People forget we had COVID. There was a lot of things that, that went on, um, you know, and, uh, you know, they had Horizon, for uh, Farmer Horizon, the strong last 2021. 2022 is not going to be their year, but 2023, uh, I mean, it's just going to be a laughing stock because they're just going to have so much stuff. And that's, and that's not, that's not, like fantasy that's going to be a fact 
unless the Activision deal gets knocked down and it goes by the wayside, uh, and even so, it's still going to have a plethora of games. But with that alone, you could talk about getting next year, you might get nine triple A's, 10 triple A's in Game Pass day one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and that is very impressive, Timmy, uh, no doubt. Uh, oh, I just saw that General MLD snuck in here. General, what is up, buddy? Hey, uh, how's it going, guys? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good here. You know, just uh, rain late, but uh, uh, eager to get uh, into the action here. Mm-hmm. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, well, first I'll hit up uh, Crusader, and then I'll I'll get your thoughts on this MLD uh, Crusader, yeah. buddy. I know you've been uh, sitting patiently there. Um, what's your thoughts on uh, this information coming out of uh, Famitsu uh, from Japan? Like, I mean, these sales are encouraging, but at the same time, like, do you agree with what uh, uh, Centurion and uh, Tim are suggesting? Yeah, so, like, they're good numbers. It's growth in Japan. That's the biggest takeaway anyone should take from this, that the Xbox brand is doing better in Japan than the laughing stock of Japan that was last generation, right? I mean, they've already outsold the lifetime of the Xbox One in Japan already, which is, you know, wild to think about. So uh, comparing it to the PlayStation numbers, I, I, don't, I don't put too much stock into that because, again... I don't think that either are selling at the maximum capacity that either could. You know, if they had 10 times the amount of supply on the market, I'm not even sure that that would saturate global supply, you know? Um, and so the, the numbers are very, very promising for a growing Xbox Japanese market because they're better numbers than they were seeing during the unsupply constrained Xbox One. You know, that that's that's the key takeaway. Um, mm-hmm. I, I will say that it's definitely a growing market share for Xbox, but I don't know that that means necessarily that there is a shrinking market share um, on the other side, because when you have a $300 device that's a cent, that one could, uh, essentially, it could be an impulse buy. Um, you know, it's it's much cheaper than just saying like a five hundred dollar device. Like you go into the store and I, I walked into the store and bought a switch on a limb because it was two fifty. Um and that's gonna happen with the Series S. So I don't know that people necessarily buying a Series S are taking share away from PlayStation. That's a very big thing to note that like their share might not be shrinking as Xbox's share is growing because it's not a mutually exclusive thing. Like um, it, this is because of the, the cheaper skew. This is going to be a very weird generation. I mean, we have two really cheap skews on the market. We have the Nintendo Switch, which is in a like little field of its own. We have the Series S, which I think is going to ultimately be a little field of its own. Um, and it, it's going to be interesting to see that I, I think everyone's numbers are going to be high, and I agree with Tim. I don't think that Microsoft is necessarily going to overtake playstation because there's not a necessary need to be on the xbox console you know like you can everything is day one on pc game pass is completely on pc the same almost the same library at this point there's some stuff that's not on pc you know and then there's the cloud gaming so like you don't need an xbox because you could play it straight on your samsung tv and eventually more types of tvs and jez corden has uh, talked about the rumor of a streaming handheld today or yesterday i'm not really sure when he when he dropped that but 
you know, a, a nice little streaming handheld means that you don't necessarily need the console. So while they're, they're going to be increasing their overall market share revenue-wise, I don't know that in the console space they will necessarily overtake. And that's, that's fine. We, you don't need that. You, all we want, all we should want is more good games to be made and to be playable where any of us want to play them. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But uh, again, like we, we've also talked about on the show their initiatives with Samsung and LG to, yep. you know, bring like have Game Pass apps on their TVs just ready to go. Yep. And I think that that's the way to go, too, is like, like with what you said with the uh, the handheld gaming again, you know, no two market like the markets across the world they're not the same and you have to be adaptive to those realities again you look at the switch it's a handheld console i mean it, it it's it does pretty well everywhere especially in japan those things are still flying off the shelves just because of the uh well the size and the portability factor i mean that that's huge that's huge yeah. so mm-hmm. xbox's real victory isn't that they have a series s versus a series x their real victory is that they are offering a way to play games to literally every kind of consumer budget streaming pc uh enthusiast everyone you know there there is a way to get into the ecosystem for everyone like even like uh, the all access at like walmart or target where like you can pay like what is it like 25 bucks a month for a console for two years and it comes with game pass ultimate Mm mm-hmm yeah, something you like know, that. There's there's a way to get into Xbox for any gamer on any device. See, this is one of the strategies I've always wanted to point out. Like whenever I talk about Xbox, I'm not referring to the plastic box that sits on my my entertainment center. I'm referring to the ecosystem. And I'm sorry, hands down, Microsoft has one of the most accessible ecosystems in gaming since they have embraced PC and other forms of creating that interaction with the ecosystem where other companies have tried to create these barriers and these and these gated community sacred gardens of exclusivity and you can only play it on this piece of plastic and we're all starting to see these companies well at least PlayStation has realized the error in trying to do that and they left a lot of money on the table by bringing those barriers up when Microsoft um, is continuously hitting around the same amount of revenue when it comes to gaming, um, but they don't have to have this huge input of putting out all these consoles just to get people to into the ecosystem, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, no, it makes absolute sense. And thank you for bringing that up, Centurion. Well said. Um, yeah, no, I mean, their ecosystem is very inviting. And again, that's what it's it's going to be. It's going to be about the ecosystem, not so much the consoles. However, this is very encouraging, though, to say the least, especially, again, in today's times because uh, of the shortages themselves. Uh, MLD, buddy, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Obviously, we're talking about Xbox uh, consoles doing well in Japan. Um, again... PlayStation, they like, both console makers are dealing with shortages of their own, but PlayStation, again, they're, they've been more affected by like really crippling uh, shortages. Um, what do you think about the Xbox sales numbers coming out of Japan? Are they encouraging, or is it more to do with, like, do you agree with what uh, the rest of the panel is saying on that matter? Oh, I definitely think um, a little bit of what everyone's been saying is, is definitely a factor. Uh, I think we all know that, a large part of it is PlayStation is having supply troubles. 
but I think it, it just it just says a lot in itself that Xbox is outselling PlayStation in Japan on now more than one occasion. Like that that's a win in, in itself. It's like more of a symbolic victory because no one expected this to happen last generation. And especially because, you know, the narrative's going on that, you know, 2022 Xbox has no games, blah, blah, blah. And yet this is still happening. So I feel like that in itself, it shows that the wins are changing, even though Xbox, like, you know, the, all the big, all the really big hitters are coming in 2023. It still shows that there's still momentum going on, that Xbox in Japan is finding its niche. Like, it's, it's more like a cult following right now. But hey, th th that's it's definitely a, prog a step in the right direction. Like, it's definitely progress. And and then we're we're just talking about the consoles here. I mean, once you once you factor in, uh, like everyone else said here, like the ecosystem itself, this, you're gonna have the Samsung TVs, you got the mobile, you got the streaming. The the brand is growing everywhere. Like if people are just only looking at Xbox as a console, they are. This is like last generation thinking. Like it is a brand. Yeah, look at it as a brand now. And this is just one aspect of the brand just simply growing on its own steam, just because it's. It's small. It, it's priced well. It pairs well with Game Pass. Like that, I, I maintain that Game Pass is in itself a system seller. And if that wasn't the case, I don't think we would even be seeing these numbers in Japan. I don't think it would outsell PlayStation even with the supply shortages on their part. So, but the fact that we are seeing an increase, or, or like it's finding its own footing, it's very encouraging. It outsold Xbox One lifetime so quickly. And Xbox is making all these Japanese uh, content deals, you know, like Persona, going to Game Pass, and this and that. Like, it looks like they're, they're making these deals, and it's starting to show. It's starting to pay off. And I think by 2023, it will really, it'll be a global momentum thing on an even higher scale than what, what I think many of us realize. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, well said, well said. And I, I agree with you. The The brand is certainly growing. I mean, there's a lot of uh, room to grow there with Xbox, uh, to say the least on that. But there are head roads being made there, no doubt. Uh, we have a super chat here again from uh, Carlos Alvarado for $1.99. Again, thank you, buddy. It's always appreciated. He says that a lot of Japanese gamers are posting their support for Xbox. Oh, well, I know. I mean, that's great. I haven't uh, seen it personally, but that's fantastic, honestly. Like, again, I want to see that support for uh, Xbox and the ecosystem, the console, and especially the games. I want to see the games, and I want to see more of the uh, that content for Japan and Korea, too, and all them, because, again, that's a very, very... Uh, deep market to go into for sure and honestly like again I'm excited for things in the next couple of years obviously Xbox again they just got uh, Hideo Kojima uh, to work on an exclusive game uh, they have uh, obviously something going on with that Woe Long game that uh, that was announced uh, what at the beginning of the month for their uh, their game showcase they got a lot of things going on here and even if there aren't like exclusive games coming, they're working on a lot of third-party deals with uh, uh, Asian studios, which is, again, it's very encouraging, very encouraging. Um, but yeah, guys, again, if uh, you're listening, tuning in, you like what you're hearing, then please hit that like button. And hey, sub to the channel if you aren't already. Again, it's great to have you all here with us. All of you in the chat, you guys rock. All of you and all the listeners too tuning in. All right, guys, uh, why don't we move on to some other bits of news? And it looks like Xbox uh, developer kits just got better. 
AMD recently released its Fidelity FX Super Resolution 2 upgrade. It allows for sharper images, amongst other things. Uh, Crusader, I know that you keep up with these uh, different tech matters. Like, how does this uh, latest AMD iteration or improvement, uh, how does this improve things for Xbox developer kits? So, I'm not 100% sure based on the wording of their press release if it is actually in the gdk yet or if it will be Mm -hmm. in it like within the month right um but this is a huge step up from fsr 1.0 for i would argue 90 percent of users you're not going to notice if fsr is on or not all right um directly you'll you'll see the indirect benefits you'll benefit from the from the um uh like the frame rate increases uh per the rev- like the the resolution you're at um and this is a much better uh version of FSR than the original 1.0 because it actually uses more data than just the single frame that you're on it can look it looks at uh past frames as well to construct its um uh to construct the next frame properly um I- i've heard that with some devices it has some slight issues right now most likely will be resolved with driver things this shouldn't be an issue for uh the xbox in particular um but this is this is a big deal um it's it's not quite as good as nvidia's dlss but it also doesn't use a dedicated hardware block um within the like the 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 gpu of your device to do it uh so you're not going to get as good of a um a result but you're going to see a lot of games come out in the future performing higher than games were last month if that makes sense and hopefully we'll see some already released games get updated because this is uh it's only something you need to design around if you are targeting like a dedicated setup this can be added to to games that already exist to kind of allow them to like boost the resolution from what they were already running at. Okay. Um and one of the really cool things with FSR 1.0 was a group of users on Linux were able to kind of make it run system wide so that it was agnostic from any application on the um computer. They just had to make uh calls through DirectX or Vulkan, the, uh, which is another uh, um, graphics API, to, um, and it would upscale any game running on your computer. And that's really cool. And in theory, FSR 2.0 is going to um, make that an even better reality. Now, why do I say this with Linux when, you know, Microsoft's not Linux? Um, well, we know that Microsoft likes to do a lot of um, system-level features on the console. Like, we have um, auto HDR. We have auto 16x anisotropic filtering. Okay. Um, we have uh, the FPS boost, which is it's not system-wide, but it's like an automatic upgrade for games that didn't need developer intervention. In theory... FSR 2.0 could be used system-wide on Xbox consoles if um, 
the team wanted to push into that and barring there being issues because there, there could always be uh, artifact issues and things like that that they, they would want to turn it off but th this is a reality we could see that this could even be done at the system level on on xbox which would be really cool especially for a lot of old xbox one games to just see them uh get um get some kind of upsampling mm -hmm. um because a lot of yeah, people I mean... oh no go ahead timmy no, I think that's a very real uh, possibility. I know 2021, I was talking to somebody about this, and they were talking about how they saw it in the Xbox Labs and how super impressive it was. They referred to it as super resolution. So they've been working on this since then, um, and it's been actively uh, being tested and, and and built in so uh what uh crusader said uh, maybe that's you know what they're looking to do and um it really makes a lot of sense for uh 4k a lot of system games like that and, and, and games like for the series s um yeah. you know, if you can implement that you know it'd be very good I, i'm wondering to see supposedly um the Deathloop game on PC is really actively pushing FSR 2.0. Right. So I'm hoping that if this game comes out for Xbox, um, it's kind of a test bed for that. But it's definitely um, very cool stuff. I think Centurion detailed it. Uh, I mean, Crusader detailed it perfectly um, and really detailed it. Uh, you know, it's different. Um, than uh, you know, Nvidia, what they're doing, but um, uh, it's 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 gonna be something that I was told that's gonna be a big deal in the future. So, you know, yeah. uh, it's not something and, that's like a small thing. Yeah, one thing that should be stated so that no one in our audience is confused: this technology will work on PlayStation. It's just not actively implemented within their development kit. Uh, if they, if a company wants to implement it with PlayStation, they just have to manually port the code themselves. It, it's all open source, um, and we we've seen it before. Um, but with with Xbox, the developers legitimately have a version of this code that they can implement into their game that already has all of the pr appropriate API hooks for the Xbox consoles. Okay, so Xbox uh, and is... PC actually. It, it also the the Xbox GDK also supports PC development. So it, it it it's basically anywhere Microsoft is, the game development kit supports development for. Okay, so this relationship that they have, this partnership, AMD and Microsoft and Xbox, um, it is beneficial for them overall from the yes. sound of it. Yep, and nothing would necessarily stop PlayStation from doing the same thing, um, but Microsoft has a very public relationship with doing it every one of amd's open source tools are in the xbox gdk um there's there's a ton of them fsr is just the the um the newest one and it's kind of the biggest one um but there, there's a there's a bunch of these tools that are just natively in the development kit and this is also important because it runs a bit better like the the default uh code solution works a bit better on amd products currently just because i mean amd makes it right they, they've designed it to work specifically with their drivers their 
uh, their implementation of the APIs and things like that. Um, right. And Xbox is an AMD device. It is also a DirectX 12 device. That both of those things are uh, key features of what AMD has created for their initial support of um, FSR and the rest of their tools. Um, PlayStation meets half of that. PlayStation is also an AMD device, but PlayStation's APIs for like how they do their graphics calls and like how you hook, like the level that's in between the hardware and the software for anyone in the audience who doesn't know a ton about this. Um, it, it's basically, it, the APIs like DirectX are basically how the game communicates with the hardware. Um, PlayStation has a proprietary uh, API for hardware calls. It's not Vulkan. It's not um, DirectX or any other, uh, like GPU Open was an old one. Um, it's, uh, it is an in-house Sony thing. So they, it's not, that's why like you don't see PlayStation as a native support in any of the press releases because it's not. They, they, they have a proprietary um, API that developers will either have to hook into or Sony will have to release a, uh, a version of their own. And Sony's very, very private about these things. Uh, they right. don't. They don't talk about their APIs. They don't talk about um, like the the exact details of their hardware in the same way. Never have. Yeah, I, I, Xbox never did until like halfway through the Xbox One generation. Well, yeah. Now, now you see them, and now you have things such, you know, um, as this. I mean, listen. I, I think that uh, anybody listening to don't. I think you put it out perfectly you don't think that this is something that you could uh, brag about over uh, if you want to do the console war thing because uh, they are fully capable of doing it themselves i think this what xbox is doing most of all is um they're just trying to empower the, their developers of making their game so if in fact they want to make a game utilizing fsr and uh, you know, um, building out 60 frames per second. Maybe if it wasn't possible, native 4K, they could do it this way. Um, they'll have that option, and uh, it's great stuff. Like you know, this is this is. Um, I I prefer the way Xbox is doing it. I like that they are going fully uh, on paper with uh, AMD. And you know, I mean, this stuff. I mean. It, it, when you talk about the full RDNA and stuff like that, where that gets confusing, I mean, I still put up things and people think like it's a joke, but there is, you know, the, the fact is, is that the VRS 2.0 is, is actual hardware implementation that's needed that was put on the Silicon for Xbox, something that they waited for and something that put them behind the supply line uh, when it originally came out. That's why you had such a disparity of so many consoles coming out for Sony and for lack of consoles and also consoles going into the cloud to power X cloud, um, why Xbox was so behind in the first year. And now they've kind of, um, however, gotten their way with, you know, with the chips to, to, to facilitate themselves. Um, as we went over the last, uh, when we were talking about the last topic, but, um, you know, uh, you know, I'm 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 liking how Xbox is going with this with the FSR and and you know uh, with the full RDNA 2 2.0 when they they start mentioning VRS, you'll probably hear about VRS with the Forza game. I know for uh, Digital Foundry kind, kind of mentioned it, but um, you know they're they're empowering their development uh, you know suite for 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 creators and 
it's going to take time, but you know, uh, this looks like going to be a longer generation than we expected. So when, when all the developers on both sides, but specifically on Xbox have these tools, what that means for you as a gamer is, is that you, you're going to get better games. You're going to get games that run better. And, uh, if they're using FSR technology, you know, like I said, from what I heard, somebody saw it firsthand, it is just as impressive as 4k native, if not better. So uh, I'm really excited to see this, and it's great that we're getting news on it. And um, they're hard away. I think I think that's what the team, the you know, uh, you know, they're taking a little bit of criticism, rightfully so, with the DVR and stuff like that. But uh, I think the software team is, is is hard at work on this right now. So it's going to be yeah. interesting to see when it's really implemented. And there are a few other, you're talking about the RDNA 2 stuff. There's actually two other really big things that um, Microsoft has in their, in their specific spec of the uh, AMD um, Zen 1 APU that they're using. Uh, APU being the combined, for anyone in the audience, it's a combined CPU and GPU in one, it's, it's one chip. They have what's called mesh shading. Right. It's, it's a redevelopment of the, um, basically how all of the, uh, the three-dimensional geometry of the world is the pipeline with how like those are done. It can be done significantly more efficiently. We've only ever seen one game in total anywhere released that actually uses mesh shaders so far. It was a MMO in China called Justice, and they have like two billion polygons on the screen at 4K60. It's incredible. Um, that that is a big feature that Xbox has with RDNA2 that um, PlayStation does not. They have a a different solution that extends the old shader support. We don't know how that's going to work either because we have no documentation and have seen nothing about how that works. Um, and then the other one is uh, DP4, it's called DP4A integer calculations. Big, big, scary word. I barely understand it myself. It's a yeah. form of machine learning. Yeah. Um, it's the, the big benefit of that is in theory, if you guys heard of Intel's XESS, it's just like S, uh, FSR or... Um, DLSS in how it upscales games. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, in theory, that could run on the Xbox Series X and S as well, because right, I, it, it I, uses DP4A calculations. Right. I have heard, and, and this is me asking the questions behind the scenes when this stuff is going, when the stuff was going on. Um, I have heard also that that required a hardware implementation as well. Yes, it does. DP4A yeah. mesh shaders and VRS, specifically VRS tier two. Tier one does not. Tier two uh, all required hardware implementations. Because it's, so it's that's where they get the full audience. That's that's interesting. You you know your stuff, Crusader. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a degree in computer science. Um, that's what I do for <laughs> a living. Uh, okay, that's great to know. I didn't know that. Yeah, I have a degree in mathematics and computer science, two, like two degrees. Um, and poetry. You only working for Xbox. The big thing about DP4A is it's, it's hardware-accelerated machine learning. Again, the PlayStation and basically any computing device can machine learn. I don't want anyone to think that... I mean, we've seen it on the PlayStation with Miles Morales. They did the machine learning muscle algorithms. The difference between machine learning and hardware accelerated is it's a specialized hardware block that makes it significantly more efficient to run specific calculations on. And that's the same way that VRS tier two works. It is a 
specific hardware block to make the what they do with VRS oh. much more efficient so that instead of only getting like a 10% gain, you're getting like a 30% gain or a 40% mm. gain. And, and that's that's and those very, are the two very things that they to... waited for. Just yes. so you know, a little inside stuff. Those are the two things that they waited for to be built on the silicon, which was why they were built after Sony and why they were a little bit behind or behind. And um, you know, you can take my word for it. Uh, that was stuff I was actively asking and asking the correct people that would know. And and I've got and I got my answers. How how cryptically I got them as as I did because you know um, they never would ever give away the the, the you know the uh, enchilada but they would always you know you could if you could show them an article or something they could confirm or say yes or you know and uh, you know that's why I had known that full RDNA two was coming to Xbox I actually hit up Anthony Battaglia and John Linneman I said listen I said you know, uh, they're going to be full RDNA, and they didn't want to touch it, I guess, uh, for obvious reasons, because they couldn't prove it. Um, and I wasn't going to, obviously, think, but I told them, and, you know, you'll, you'll be hearing more about that down the line, like when, especially when these games actually show itself doing it. Yeah, it, mm -hmm. it, and a lot of these features are probably going to come from first party or, um, like, specialized third party, like the, like, people who are developing, like, like exclusive content for xbox um because if the feature is not everywhere it's not going to show up everywhere unless it's easy to implement now vrs we might see everywhere because vrs is not hard to implement it's it's um from what i understand it only takes about a week and a few people to implement it in, into your uh uh graphics pipeline stuff like the dp4a uh calculations uh, unless we're talking specifically about intel's xcss upscaling I don't expect to see a ton of developers from third parties use it on Xbox um, just because it's not something that is easy to do one place and not do another place. Whereas VRS, VRS, essentially you flip it on and you can just make it look better on a different device, right? Like that, that's a simple, a simple answer. Same thing with like mesh shaders. Mesh shaders are not something you can just flip on. That um, They need a lot of fine, fine development. Right, it has to be built from ground up. It doesn't but, have know, to necessarily be built from ground up, but it's like the time it would take to implement it, you wouldn't be doing if you're only doing it for like a subset of platforms. You know, that was one of the things that I argued or, you know, said, you know, when people were talking about the COD deal and Activision, you know, they're going to now be using, you know, um, PC as the lead platform and Xbox as uh uh, a lead um, versus them using Sony, and that's going to have its own dividends. That's going to pay itself off too for gamers or for Xbox, because now the stuff that we just detailed uh, might not have been used beforehand, but now because it's in house, they might they they might have it at their disposal. You know, they might be pushing out FSR and all to, all this type of stuff, uh, VRS 2.0. Um, you know, and uh, It'll come out on Sony, but it won't have the benefits of VRS 2.0. Um, so that that you have to take in consideration that too with the, with the Activision deal is now all lead platform development is coming from uh, Xbox uh, DirectX 12. Mm -hmm. 
Wow, both Crusader and Tim, you guys are a wealth of information. Damn. <laughs> um, wonderful stuff, guys. Um, moving over to Eric Shockley. Buddy, um, uh, what do you think about, again, these this update for Fidelity FX uh, Super Resolution 2 upgrade? Uh, like, do you agree with what uh, Crusader and Tim are saying that... Uh, Again, that uh, again, these are like surprisingly uh, bigger updates than we're you know what we think. And even though it's not like exclusive the, uh, to Xbox, at the same time, uh, it's going to benefit Xbox greatly, especially with the AMD partnership. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's, it sounds like it's definitely going to have some uh, you know good enhancements uh, to the hardware, uh, or to, you know to our you know to the. Uh, to the software on that side um but yeah i'm definitely excited to see especially from the stuff that you told us about like when the when they were first unveiling like the uh uh xbox series x um and what you know that they waited a little bit longer for the hardware so i'm hoping hopefully that pays off for them because uh, i know there has been some issues with devs with some of the uh uh toolkits or just like the dev kits that went out later and uh some devs didn't get to um he didn't have as much time because it was a new or newer tool set where it sounded like uh sony went with a very similar one that they had before so that's why you had a lot of devs that could have had a better grasp um of the tool set for the ps5 early on um but yeah it'll be definitely cool to see because i know the power difference isn't that far off from each other but um, stuff like any advanced features that um, that might be in the Series X, since they did hold out a little bit longer on hardware, uh, can maybe make a difference. So, um, seeing stuff like this that they have a that they've you know worked closely with AMD on, um, it'll be cool to see you know the you know if there is a bigger difference than what we're seeing right now in the uh, in the hardware comparisons. So, but yeah, definitely exciting. I definitely don't know as as much as like. Invader probably Tim from what he's gotten from like in the uh um from what he's heard on the inside. So but uh but yeah from from what I've from what they've uh said from it, it sounds like it'd be pretty cool for the uh to see what comes of it for the performance in uh you know visual what they can do on that on that side. Um probably not on not as advanced as what you've seen on the PC as far as like the um I forget what the uh, tech is called, but the kind of like aliasing where it, it basically cuts down a lot of any like jaggies at all um, and improves some of the details. So, um, but yeah, definitely sounds pretty exciting. So hopefully we'll see something uh, sooner mm -hmm. uh, rather than later on the, uh, from, from what comes from this. Agreed. I'm not a huge tech guy by any means, but it does sound pretty cool. And um, and again, it's not going to take too long to implement these things into the dev kits from the sounds of things. So, hey, again, like uh, these upgrades coming, uh, at least it sounds like a, a big upgrade to me. That's awesome. And it, I mean, it sounds like PlayStation is going to be getting it too, but the way Xbox is getting the implementation sounds better from the sounds of things. Or at least that's how uh, these it's guys... Easy. I would say yeah. easier. Mm -hmm. Easier would be the, the, the key word. Right, right. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's how I understood it too. And uh Crusader, you did a great job of explaining all that by the way. Uh very you're such a wealth of information <laughs> on that part. Yeah, it's my favorite part of like 
game announcements is the behind the scenes when like devs talk to stuff. That's why I love a lot of the digital foundry coverage. Like I don't, I don't get into the actual like comparisons, but like when they do like the retrospective videos, there was a great one on Ori and a great one on doom. Um, th those are such interesting lessons. Mm -hmm. No, and you're right. I, I do like those behind the scenes things with developers as well. Uh, moving over to general MLD. Uh, buddy, I mean, I would love to know your thoughts on this. Obviously, we're not developers. Uh, I mean, I'm not a tech guy by any means, but it does sound like they're doing some pretty cool uh, things behind the scenes. Like, what are your thoughts on, uh, again, this uh, Fidelity F FX uh, coming to this upgrade for it coming to the Xbox uh, dev kits? Oh, yeah. Um, like, I, I'm no tech guy by any means, but from what I've been reading, it looks like oh, the, the, the toolkit's going to definitely be a step up. Uh, I think it's going to put some more, uh, it'll make the resolution you know, easier to reach 4K and leave the developers more room to you know, focus on the frame rate. So I see that I see that being uh, one of two things. The Series X is going to have more maybe 4K 60 frame games. And the Series S, which more importantly, can actually have like a decent you know frame rate to frame uh, uh, ratio. So I think... Overall, the gen the generation is only going to get better and better as long as you know more developers actually use them. So I, I uh, hopefully we see these results sooner rather than later. But overall, though, yeah, I, I mean, uh, who, who can complain? I mean, we're going to get better frames, better, uh, you know, better resolution without sacrificing really one or the other. You know, if if developers play these cards right. So yeah, I mean, what a time we live in. Like you know, you, you, we always thought that it would be like a trade off. To get one thing or, or the other but now it looks like in the future you know we might have our cake and eat it too so yeah, i'm looking forward to it especially for all those series s owners that can actually like make the most out of that little machine you know like really like, really like make the most out of it mm -hmm. yeah yeah exactly and uh, you know for that price damn it is one heck of a little machine um, you know, again, I'm always tempted to recommend it to people as well for the price point, the availability, and yeah, just like for what it puts out, it's a pretty nice console. Uh, let's see, last but certainly not least, I gotta get Centurion's opinion on this, buddy. Um, do you agree with, with what the other guys are saying about, uh, this, uh, update to fidelity effects the super Re resolution 2 upgrade um because i mean it does sound pretty cool again um you know the dev kits sound like they're going to be enhanced but i mean again i would love to hear your thoughts on this what's your take well um for starters i must confess confess sorry that i am not as hardware tech like savvy when it comes to comparing myself to definitely crusader and even tim dog um, I love learning about tech. Whenever somebody like that likes the, like them speaks, I listen. And I will not forget when uh, years ago, when we were all having that that back and forth, like everybody does in the community, on what was going to be in these newer consoles. Um, mm -hmm. I was one of the ones that listened to Tim Dog when he said that they were going to go full blown RDNA two, and I did not know what RDNA was even to begin with. So I started going on to AMD's websites, learning about all this stuff. And that's when I noticed a fundamental thing missing, at least from what was being said about PlayStation and what was being said about Xbox, is when you looked at the RDNA 2 explanation on the Xbox side, it was like always referred to as RDNA 2 Plus. And when you talked to talked about it on PlayStation, 
it was always jokingly called RDNA 1.5, even though there was not a 1.5. It was either RDNA 1 or RDNA 2. But it was interesting that they had dropped the plus sign off of the RDNA 2 on the PlayStation side. And I was, I was one of the ones that kind of pointed that out, at least in my mind, when I said, hey, why is the plus sign missing off of the chip over here if this is what they're using? And that's where I read more into it and found out that there was a more, like, even though it's a very different on a hardware level, there's a lot more cloud implementation and all this other stuff that they could do with the chip. And that's when I suggested to somebody, hey, do you think they could potentially use this chip and the software and stuff to potentially play games, like, off the server? Like, um, I threw... I'm. Like, I'm not going to say who I mentioned this to in the in the thing because I don't want to, like, put their name out there. But I threw this idea at them. Like, hey, can they take a next generation game and put it through the xCloud system using the RDNA 2 chip and make it possible for an older console to play these newer games? And when I threw that idea at them, they're like, I don't even know if that's possible. That sounds like a cool idea. And now years later, it completely find out that this is actually happening so, I mean, it's kudos to Microsoft that they actually waited for that chip to be fully complete. I, um, I remember when the X-Ray came out from the RDNA chip from the PS5, and, you know, the people weren't supposed to see that X-Ray of the sock, and they were like, hey, this isn't a true RDNA 2 chip because it's missing this, it's missing that. Like, in the X-Ray, it showed the actual hardware solutions missing off of the chip compared to the Xbox side. And now we totally see um, Microsoft was really, really smart in waiting for that. Um, they're able to do a little bit more with their console on a hardware level, obviously, through other software implementations and stuff like that. Other companies can create these same systems, but like Microsoft did, they wanted to make it easier. And if we go back to, uh, we all remember Xbox Power On, that documentary, right? Okay. Well, it mm -hmm. just recently won a daytime Grammy for being a very well done put together documentary. And one thing they pointed out in that documentary was the whole concept behind the Xbox was the original Xbox was not only to get Microsoft into gaming, but they were also designing it to be attractive to developers for ease of use when it comes to development. And I feel like Microsoft has always tried to keep that concept alive when it comes to developing these consoles on they always want to develop a console that has a good ease of use when it comes to developing for and that's why i just get excited when i hear about new tech and things that are going to make it easier for developers to be able to create games for us all to love and enjoy and it also uh, like kind of lowers I guess the barrier of entry for a developer making it easy, like, cause I'm going to be truthful. Some of these developers don't have all the money in the world. So if we can make it easier for them to get a game on a platform, it, we all pay off on the, in the end as the consumer. So to me, this just gets me excited for the future of gaming and like what potentially where we could be in 10 years or what the next generation of consoles could look like and just where it's going. Um, so I'm excited. All right, good stuff there, Century. And I, I really liked your comments there. Again, I'm not a huge tech guy myself, but I do still find it interesting. And the stuff that we're able to do with consoles now is just really mind-blowing. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I saw your comment in the chat, Yobi, and I agree with you. It's like, you know, we're already hearing uh, 
comments about or rumors about uh, mid-gen refreshes already. And again, companies, they, they got to, you know, work on that stuff behind the scenes. Um, they got to look towards the future. But these, what we're talking about now, these uh, like implementations where, again, we're getting better resolutions, better this, better that. Um, like it's still amazing what these consoles can do. They've only been out a couple of years and I can't wait to see a lot of the games that uh, really take advantage of these, uh, consoles, especially with uh, these latest AMD upgrades coming. Um, and I can't wait to see the first party, especially take advantage of it. Um, but yeah, guys, why don't we, um, move on to our last topic of the night and we're going to talk about 343 Industries. Uh, they recently put out a blog on Halo Waypoint talking about the Master Chief Collection, right? I mean, hey, that, that uh, collection's still going strong. Explaining uh, that they're ending their season-based model for uh, a series model coming soon. Now, part of this involves, uh, yeah, renaming season points to Spartan points, and those will still be earned by completing various challenges, which, again, that's a good thing. However, it seems like 343 Industries is interested in players being able to purchase the Spartan points. While they're uh, fine with the current system, it's something that they're exploring, and it's kind of raising a few eyebrows amongst the player base, and... They stated, and I quote, that it would be an optional additive alternative for players who might find the vast scope of content to be an intimidating amount of playtime and want to get ahead on or skip the grind or maybe want to go grab a specific item. Now, MLD, while this isn't set in stone, they're just they're just kind of uh, talking about it here. What do you think of them possibly introducing these like kind of microtransactions into the Master Chief collection? Well, this is where I would tell 343 to tread very lightly, not make a big thing out of this, because uh, you know, you know, we all know the story about MCC. Like it's 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 you know it's you know sorted past how it took several like you know literally several years to get to a really really solid state and is now in my opinion like the best compilation collection in all of gaming like all the campaigns uh shared online multiplayer uh like all these new modes that like flood firefight that was never in the original games to begin with i can go on like the package is like unbeatable for value and they know this and it has its steady population it has its community so i think yeah they want to capitalize in it on it okay fine and it's good that they're making that, they're saying that this is going to be an additive thing, not like, you know, it's not going to be front and center. If they want to do it right, don't make a big deal out of this and do not make it like, you know, on the game's interface. Don't, don't like make it super obvious for people to see. Like, don't, you know, don't just plaster it in their faces like, say, Halo Infinite's um, marketplace, you know? Like, make it very subtle. Make, make them like have to look to kind of find it kind of thing. Show that it's not really front and center. That's the biggest thing, to not make it a big deal. Because I do see the point, because there are doing a lot of cosmetics now um, uh, for the multiplayer. And if people really don't really want to grind, I mean, hey, like I'm a father with a full-time job. Uh, I don't want to, maybe I don't want to spend hours to grind to get this certain cosmetic item I want. And I got the spare m money to put down. 
okay, that's my choice. But make it easy to grind for everything else. Don't make it harder to grind. Don't make it like, don't give the unconscious uh, decision, like, you know, the unconscious choice to, you know, to, you know, put down money for, make it like, you know, pay to get the stuff you want. Make it as easy as it is to unlock things right now. Keep it exactly as it is. If there's no complaints, just add this on the side, low key. And I think they can get away with it. So long as they are transparent and they make it known that, hey, it's for a certain kind of gamer that just doesn't have the time as the rest. But rest assured, everything you can unlock is you can do it by not paying a single cent of your own money. It's all there if you there if you're there earned for it, and it's not a, a long grind. If they can make that very clear, I think they could pull it off. In that regard, uh, it, it's not the worst thing that could happen. Again, so long as it's an option and not front and center. So that, that's my stance. It can work. Mm-hmm. I agree with you, and I do think that they need to tread very carefully here as well because they've got a lot of kudos and a lot of respect for sticking with the Master Chief collection, right? I mean, it took them years to get to where they are now and uh, introducing a lot of uh, like really good fan feedback. Like you said, the fl- uh, like the Flood Firefight, awesome, awesome addition. Like that's what everybody wanted uh, to begin with. But I, you know, I do have to say that, you know, again, like with other people that, you know, was skipping the grind, you know, how, how they were coining things really the best way to word things. Because yes, I mean, you are skipping ahead, but at the same time, a lot of players are are working towards you know they want to you know work towards it you know they don't want to have to pay for uh for anything you know it wants just again more in-game earnings so to speak right um again it's an interesting situation being brought up here as 343 are working on uh, halo infinite still as well uh centurion i'll go to you on this one as well um what do you think about 343's comments here possibly like adding uh these uh spartan point micro transactions being able to uh purchase them uh got any thoughts here again i'm not huge on micro transactions myself but maybe you have a different perspective um my god i like how uh general just said it tread lightly um with microtransactions look i'm not one of these people forgive me that are gonna say that microtransactions have no place in the gaming industry it is what it is if they're implemented right and they're cosmetic and we're not talking like like egregious crap like what's going on with uh diablo immortal or pay to win strategies outright um i feel like they do have a place um and i only say that because you know, I play Elder Scrolls Online, and yeah, there's certain things in that game that are only obtainable by rolling over the loot boxes over and over and over again and spending an obscene amount of money or just downright getting lucky and by some chance getting rewarded this uh, thing for free in a loot box, pretty much. Um, and Well, it wouldn't be for free, but a lot easily given to you for free because you have to buy the loot box, take the objects, convert them into crown gems, and then like like when you do this sometimes you'll walk away with like maybe 15 crown gems 20 crown gems and the object you want is 400 crown gems and the average box can it costs about i want to say three four bucks and you know if you buy so many of them at a time it, it can get pretty bad if you're addicted to the concept of rolling them over and 
that's where I don't want to see stuff like that fully implemented because I would love to be able to just outright buy some of these things because I work too damn much. I'll be truthful. I, I can't grind 20, 30 hours, 40 hours a week on, on just one specific game. I have a backlog a mile long and I have friends that I enjoy to play other games with and I just don't have the ability to invest that much time into a game. Um, I would, it would be interesting to have a path at least for somebody like me, but also at the same time, I don't want it to turn into microtransaction hell. So that's why I'm like, I'm behind general MLD on the whole situation with tread lightly, especially with, with the fact that, you know, sometimes when you try to make too much change too quickly, it can almost backfire on you. And we all know that right now they're trying to transition into Halo as a games as a service style model. Um, and we see that with Halo Infinite and now they might be turning their direction towards the Master Chief collection. And um, I would have to also again agree with General MLD. That is probably one of the best put together collections of games that I've seen. And I don't wanna see that like what has taken years and years and years to get working and finally standing on its own two feet, I don't want to see a developer walk over and shoot it in the foot with microtransactions. Mm -hmm. Again, and that's another fair comment, honestly. I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody listening in, you know, can relate to you, Centurion, you know, hardworking, you know, puts a lot of hours into their job and just wants to go home, rack a few hours into uh, the game that they love. I mean, obviously you mentioned Elder Scrolls Online and it's just it's easier to, uh, I guess, you know, spend a few bucks in order to get what you really want. Right. Uh, whether that be a cosmetic and so on. And I can certainly sympathize with that, yeah. To me, the concept of like a loot box, yeah, it is gambling, but I don't go out and go to my local gas station and get scratcher tickets and Powerball tickets. I get my jollies off by going on Elder Scrolls Online and buying a loot box and just having just a little bit of a, like kind of innocent fun. And also you like to rob banks as well. Don't forget about that. Well, yeah, me and Fanboy, man. <laughs> totally. Oh, yes, Fanboy. Fanboy certainly needs to return. I want to see more Fanboy, by the way. So. Oh, no. Fan no, he is. I'm just, I'll be honest right now if I can. With everything that's been going on on the YouTube platform, he's going to start diversifying and appearing everywhere. All right. Well, we can't wait. I can't wait to see more Fanboy out there. Um yeah sh eric buddy i would love to know your thoughts on this i mean obviously 343 have been working hard uh, they have been over the years with the master chief collection uh they have been also been working on halo infinite putting out content for that uh as well as adjusting the way that they do the store i mean I, there's been different commentary on the, the store with like the amount of credits like thing how how much things cost sometimes things have gone up sometimes things have uh, gone slowly incrementally higher there's been some complaints about that but uh what are your thoughts with this whole like again the master chief collection um like the microtransactions talk going on here yeah i mean um I'm pretty okay with it. I mean, pretty much any online uh, multiplayer game is going to have microtransactions, whether it's uh, Destiny or, you know, pretty much any anything you can think of. Um, so for, especially for this one that's just in Game Pass at this point, it's, you know, almost a decade old um, for them to, and some of their player bases obviously going to be taken up from 
the current Halo Infinite player base. So to keep some like you know funding, keeping you know some of those servers up, obviously, and you know just and the, and it could be a way of just uh, keeping more content. Maybe they can make you know newer things for it, like uh, some of the cosmetics that they've mentioned, just stuff to kind of like maybe for you to chase or. Um, and I think they've shown off some of the pictures, just like new stuff that they're going to throw in there that, you know, obviously wasn't in these games to begin with. So they are putting in, you know, effort and content. So I'm pretty okay with the transactions. So um, I would say I'd be more having an issue and I guess not so much an issue with the Halo Infinite transact uh, store, like microtransactions, since it is free to play. Um but like those are more egregious. So maybe if, if those were, because this isn't free to play. So um, if they're priced at some of the costs that uh, some of the free to play store is, then they might want to like just like tone it down and not go crazy with it. <laughs> um, but so make it, you know, not something outrageous, make it something like somewhat generous, like um, to what you're kind of seeing in Infinite. Because that's the one main complaint there is just how much stuff the how, how much it costs to actually purchase stuff in the store on Halo Infinite. So I would say just like be careful there because you have a lot of goodwill on Master Chief Collection. Um, so even the people that are upset with Halo Infinite, a lot of them are going back and playing your other games. So don't piss off like both <laughs> and lose both. Um, so yeah, they just need to kind of I think someone else had mentioned it. You know, tread lightly here. So. Um, but kind of uh, take some of the feedback you got from the store from the Halo Infinite and then just like don't do all that on this one since obviously the game's super cheap at this point to play. It's, you know, it's in Game Pass, um, but it's technically not a free-to-play game, so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, well said there, Eric, honestly, and uh, they do have to be very careful with how they approach this. I agree uh, 110% with that. Uh, Tim, I would love to know your thoughts on this. I mean, again, the Master Chief Collection has, it's been a transformation to say the least, right? And it's, it's taken a while, but, uh, again, it's one heck of a collection, probably the best gaming collection out there in my opinion. But then again, I am a little biased towards Halo, to be honest. Um, but, uh, what do you think about what, uh, 343 are, uh, saying here? Um, you can tell that they're trying to be careful with how they're wording things with regards to, uh, they didn't say microtransactions specifically with the Master Chief Collection, but they are talking about, again, uh, having these points, you're being able to buy them and so on and, and, uh, skipping the grind, so to speak. Like what, what's your thoughts on all this? Um, I'll just jump out of there for a second because it was, wasn't recognizing me, but, um, uh, my point, I listen, at this point, 343, uh, they're beginning to annoy me um, and disappoint me. I was disappointed with the whole uh, incident that happened with uh, the, the racial thing with Bonapo. Um, I detailed it a little last thing. I don't really want to go into it. Mm -hmm. uh, but they screwed that up. Frank O'Connor got screwed up at Reset Era and got banned because he's stupid for being on the thing anyway. Um, and then they're starting with this stuff. Listen, I don't personally have a problem with microtransactions. I think that the people go way too crazy and 
they go over their heads with this stuff. Like they get so upset, um, especially when it's cosmetic. Um, but I just don't think that they're in the position right now with what's going on with their studio to even be in attempting this. So my my take is is that uh, they're in serious. Uh, uh, they're serious. I, they're, at this point, I, I would be evaluating just the whole entire studio. Um, mm-hmm. The things that are happening are not making me happy. Uh, they've always seemed to have this kind of holier-than-thou attitude, in my opinion. And uh, I've been very, listen, I've been very fair with the studio. I think that they did a great job getting the game out and getting 87 Metacritic, fixing it. I think Staten, Joe Staten was a big help. Um, they did a lot of great things, but uh, they've obviously kind of hurt themselves with post content. And a lot of that might not have been their fault because they used a lot of contractors and they weren't ready. But, you know, they made all these promises and, and, and they're way behind and, they're just in a position where I just feel like negative publicity is the last thing that they need, um, and the microtransactions can wait. Uh, personally, um, I don't have a problem with them, to be honest. I don't, I don't ever buy DLC. I don't care if another person has a bird on their on their arm, or they have some tattoo that's exclusive. That stuff to me gets people way too crazy and they go overboard and they act like it's the biggest injustice in life going on um, when it's merely nothing, especially when it's cosmetic. Yeah, there are times when it's wrong, but for the most part, uh, I don't see, I don't have a personal problem with it, but a lot of people do. And if you're reading the wall and you're reading, you're reading, if you're reading the room and you're looking at where you are, you shouldn't be even mentioning this stuff. The stuff you just need to shut up and deliver on Halo Infinite uh, season three and get people back in good graces. And then maybe if you want to try something like that, do it. But right now is not the right time. And to be honest, I think that uh, they do a lot of questionable stuff. And uh, you know, the whole thing with the the racial thing was was absolutely horrible because that just that was done on purpose. Meaning that just doesn't happen on accident. So you have that problem. Frank, who's an idiot, uh, that's been on Reset Era and and Neo Gif when they were actively hating on Xbox. And I and I've told, I've t- I've tweeted at him. He doesn't like me because I've always been like that. I was like, why would you go and support that place when all they do is look to me, especially when it was Neo Gaff, was to take down your product and to and to put you in a bad light. And guess what? Now he looks stupid because there's all these comments that he was the, the has and he was basically sabotaged by both forums and it was out in the open while he was banned. And uh, you know, just, just questionable stuff like that and the people in there in their in their working for them just make me scratch my head sometimes and say you know, maybe Phil should intervene and really kind of uh, have a culture change there. Um, mm-hmm. just, just at this point, uh, I'm fed up with them. I'm fed up with the stupidity of like the 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 the, the whole thing with the June 19th thing was really pissed me off. And then the whole thing with Frank, uh, you know, he should have known better. You know, you you're you're in a place where people want to see you fail and you know, commiserating with them and, and acting like they're your friends 
and look where it got you. You know, they banned you and they and they said you're toxic and you know they they try to say all these things about you. Uh, even previously, they said that you know he made a comment, um, something about it was an old saying, and they acted like he was like a uh, a weirdo with this, and I was just like, you know, this guy still goes on those forums and he still wants to talk to these people. I mean, that's up to him, but you know, I think he should have known better. Um, and just like overall, just through the years, it's just like they've made a lot of mistakes and they pissed off a lot of people. And I just, I don't know, I just think that maybe there needs to be a real reevaluation there. Um, you know, do we have a real commitment to Halo? Can they reiterate that? We didn't see anything at E3. We didn't, you know, mm -hmm. we get a, a joke of a, a, you know, hey, it's in flight sim. Like, you know, uh, their hardcore fans are always upset. And I don't think that they're, I think their community is, the, the Halo community is over the top. And I've talked about that too. But just overall, um, I think with such a valuable IP and, and such a passionate amount of people uh, that, that buy it into your game or want to be entertained. I think that you kind of have to fix things there. And uh, that's my take on them. I'm, I'm at the point where uh, I do think that they, there needs to be reevaluation re there and, um, and or changes because, um, you know, it just always seems to be negativity coming from there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's just constant and, and it's been through the years, through all the things, through for everything that they've done, it's been controversial. And they just seem to never get it. You know, I thought they got it with Halo Infinite, but then, you know, mm -hmm. you know, they promised retracing, they promised, you know, all this stuff, and they don't even talk about it anymore. So for me, particularly one of, one of my favorite studios and one of the studios that I had a lot of faith in, I'm at wit's end with them, and and I'm actually at the point where um, I don't think they should be given the benefit of the doubt anymore. Um, you know, their fans are always pissed off, and I don't know if they have they listen to their fans, but it's always a step late, and it's always like, you know, they just make stupid mistakes. They implement stuff without you know making proper communication with with, with their community. Um, you know, when they, you know, when they made all those changes, everyone was pissed off and they just keep to, they, you know, they don't have anything smooth about them. And I just feel like that's from their, from their community director on down. I just feel like there's a, there's something that just isn't, it's just not kosher there. There's just, it's just not, I don't know. It just seems off to me. And, and at this point, I'm. I'm going to be uh, critical of them, uh, more critical than I've ever been, um, because I was always giving them the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, some of the stuff that went on, I feel is like, it really, you know, you know, I don't know. I just, I, it just disappointed me to the point it pissed me off. And you can obviously tell I'm pissed off because of the, mm -hmm. the rant that I just, but um, yeah, they need to, they need to have, they need to be looked at in my opinion, or something's not right there in my opinion, because there's always a problem. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you. And actually I, I kind of feel bad for Joe Staten just because it just feels like he's kind of writing, writing the ship, if you will. And a lot of the other like heads of the studio or like the more higher ups, um, they just seem to be very, very silent on things. Like even with just like 
promoting like certain things with Halo Infinite itself. I'm just kind of wondering what the heck is going on over there. And you're, you are seeing some departures too recently. I mean, that could be a shift in uh, just game development cycle, which I totally understand. But it just seems like there are a lot of key people leaving at the moment that... I don't know. I just like it. Just kind of, it's interesting where three four three is at right now, especially when they have uh, a big DLC coming up uh, that we still don't know a lot about, and then uh, we have all this content in the pipeline that still seems to be getting delayed and delayed, and uh, it's just kind of unfortunate. And then with the other stuff that you listed off too, Tim, it's just like. I don't know. I don't know what to think about 343 right now. Uh, I'm in agreement with you. Um, But yeah, just to round out this topic, I'll move over to Crusader. Uh, But obviously, we uh, we were talking about the the microtransactions that uh, 343 is uh, speculating. Like, they're kind of seeing um, how people are going to, like, react to this. They're just kind of uh, talking about it right now, adding... uh, you know, being able to buy these Spartan points in the, the Master Chief collection. Do you think this uh, would be a good idea, or, or or are you kind of against it? So, as the game stands right now, MCC as it exists right now, I am 100% against it. Um, I thought I was going to be Mr. Negative coming into this, but I don't think I'm going to be quite as negative as Tim, even though, like, everything Tim said I full-heartedly <laughs> agree with. Yeah. Um, one of the problems with implementing into an as-is MCC is after you hit rank 100, you do not earn the points from ranking up anymore. You only get them from completing the daily and weekly challenges. So you are literally constrained to a certain amount of how many of these points you can f- earn for free on any given day. Um, if they remove the cap for like XP earn, like for how many you can earn through XP and make it so that you can continuously earn them after level 100, say like every, I, I don't actually know the economy very well and how XP works in the game, but it's been, a, it's been a while since I've played, but let's just say every hundred thousand XP units, you, you would earn one Spartan point. Then I'd be perfectly fine with them adding them to be purchased. It'd be, I don't care. Right. But right now, with there being a cap on how many you can earn for free in a day, and um, that being way less than the amount of things that you have the option to spend them on, so to speak, in the game, because you, you spend them on each of the battle passes, and you spend them on the, like, I, I don't, what's the item shop called that they have right now in the, in the game? They, they have a special name for it. I don't remember what it's called. Um, but when you have a limited amount of them you can earn, I have a problem with implementing a pay around because that's, that's like, a it's not as egregious as Diablo Immortal, but that's an essential, essentially a mobile game tactic, right? You can only do so much a day for free, then you have to pay if you want to do more. And I do not like that tactic in any video game. Um... You, you remove that, and they can put whatever they want in within reason of cost. Like, I believe that was Centurion's point, it, it, or whoever whoever said the, the cost point. That, that it can't be the same price as Halo Infinite's cosmetic shop. It, it needs to be within reason. But they, mm. they could absolutely put this in, and I'd be, whatever, it's, it's fine. Because 
again, not everyone has all the time in the world to, to grind stuff out. But if I want to grind stuff out, I should be able to grind it to my heart's content, especially since that was how the system itself was originally pitched to us. It was not pitched to us with the microtransactions in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that 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 would be my point on that. Um, that it's fine in theory if other parts of the game get overhauled. All right, all right. I mean, I think that's a fair comment to say. I mean, I'll admit, like again, I'm kind of in between myself with uh, all this. Like, I feel that. <laughs> I understand everybody's points quite clearly. Um, I do agree with you that, you know, I do kind of hope they, again, that they don't detour too much from the original pitch of what they were doing. Um, You know, things need to be able to be earned, um, you know, not easy, but like, you know, just uh, the progression is relatively fair. You got to work for it. Mm -hmm. I don't mind having to be able to work for it, but there becomes a point in the day where I literally can no longer work for it. And that's the problem. Mm-hmm, exactly. But I do understand, you know, just wanting to like, okay, you know, I'll, uh, I'll spend a little bit of money and okay, I'm able to get like a few sperm points and so on. I, I do understand that argument too. And uh, yeah, it, it's a fair comment. But uh, guys, I think on that note, uh, we're now at the tail end of our show and we'll start to end things off tonight. Um Again, I love the commentary on the Master Chief Collection uh, topic, but just a fantastic show from everyone across the entire panel. Honestly, awesome stuff, guys. Uh, Tonight, we covered some interesting Xbox Series console sales data for Japan, AMD Fidelity FX upgrades, and 343 Industry News, and much more. If you guys enjoyed tonight's show, then hey, please consider leaving a like, subbing to the channel, and sharing this episode out across whatever social media you subscribe to. Uh, Now, going over to the outros, and why don't we lead off here with Eric Shockley. Buddy, I thought you had some really awesome commentary tonight. Uh, Really, really good points. Where can everybody follow you at, Eric? Yeah, as always, you can find me at Shocknero on Twitter, Easy Shock on Xbox Live. But yeah, uh, good show tonight. Good points. Uh, but yeah, see you later. Indeedy, indeedy. Moving over to Centurion. Buddy, again, good stuff from you as well, my friend. Uh, where can everybody follow you? Oh, thank you, gentlemen. It was a great conversation tonight. Thank you to everybody out in the chat that joined us. Be sure to subscribe to the show. Invader works very hard to keep this place going. For those interested in following me, please find me at Centurion1307 at YouTube, Xbox Live, and, of course, Twitter. You can also find me right here every Sunday night on the TXR podcast. And you can also find me every Wednesday night over on Gaming Beyond the Box. But just a disclaimer, Gaming Beyond the Box is taking a four-week hiatus, uh, but we will be returning. Mm, Yeah, I saw Wilmy uh, post about that. But uh, again, hey, you know, sometimes you need to do that for uh, various reasons and... uh... You know, he came out and um, he came out on Twitter and I'll at least say it because he came out on Twitter and let everybody know um, he did catch COVID again. And regretfully, he spent, I believe, like a week, week and a half in the hospital. Um, so right now he's just concentrating on spending time with his family and getting back on his feet and healthier. And yeah, man, just life comes at you fast. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And honestly, you know, good for him for uh, taking the time there. That that makes a lot of sense. And I hope uh, he feels better ASAP. Um, yeah. Moving on over to Tim Dog, buddy. Uh, loved the energy tonight. Uh, loved the passion, of course. Uh, always a great addition to our panels. Uh, where can everybody find you at? Follow me on Twitter, xCloud, Tim Dog, same as Xbox. Uh, great show, great panel. Um, really good discussion. Be here next week. Um, and if you want to try out a game, I uh, sincerely uh, recommend the quarry uh it is 70 dollars, which um i don't really agree with the price but it is what it is uh i would pay for it because it's my type of game um but uh I, even at that price uh I, I i think that uh if you really want it, like these type of games like until dawn uh it is the best of the best uh, i gave it a nine point i gave it a nine out of ten uh, it's a lot of fun. You can play it more than once. You have to play it more than once because there's more scenarios. Uh, and uh, that's that. Uh, be here next week and uh, great show, guys. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Yeah, I've been looking into the quarry myself. It seems up my alley. Um, I get a lot of uh, Friday the 13th vibes for it, I guess because it's set in a, a summer camp kind of type of setting so oh, it just looks like a cool game so thanks for the recommendation tim i have to check it out uh let's see moving on down here general mld buddy hey i uh, really liked your stuff tonight again uh you know you had some really great points yourself uh where can everybody in the chat follow you uh, thank you thank you you guys can find me at mld ghost on twitter Gamer tag Ghost MLD. You can always find me uh, on there playing with this and that. And uh, yeah, looking forward to next week. Of course, my friend. And last but certainly not least here, uh, as I'm talking, Crusader. Buddy, I loved your in-depth analysis on uh, obviously the Fidelity FX stuff and much more. Uh, you're Again, I'll say this again. You're a wealth of information. Uh, where can everybody find you? Yeah, thanks. Uh, you know, I, I text tech is my like hobby and career love it um so you can find me at crusader three four five six on uh basically everything i think the only thing that i'm not that on is steam uh crusader lord of the realm on steam um yeah and, you know just come out hang out have a good time always have conversations we can converse about anything I don't care if you agree with me or not as long as you're civil um, and you know, I do a lot of stuff with leaks and rumors on r slash gaming leaks and rumors, uh, mostly mega threads going to have a PlayStation one out sometime in July. So, yeah. All right. Exciting. Certainly follow him there guys. And, uh, to round out the TXR squad, you can find my content on YouTube at invader gaming. I'm also on Twitter at invader underscore one nine eight eight six. Great show tonight, and we will see you all back here on the next one. Later, everyone. See ya.